Previously on You Know Who. It seems like the doctor did this on purpose. Yeah. Because, like, he's the only one that checks the compartment. He's the only one that sees that it's wrong. So I, I immediately was suspicious of him. Yeah. I was like, you're doing something because you want to go to the city and no one else wants to. And you are completely right. So he wants to explore the Dalek city. The others don't want to. So he fakes a problem with the TARDIS. They emerge from the room, only to be confronted by four domed metal shapes. The inhabitants of the city. Walk ahead of us. Like, we don't know it's the Daleks, even though, like, we know it's the Daleks, obviously. She is confronted by a towering blonde man in a thick cloak. Let's talk about the appearance of the Thals. Um, Let's talk about how hot they are. Why are they so attractive? The shell hollowed out. Ian climbs into the Dalek. The plan is set. And using their decoy guard, they begin to make their way down the corridor. I'm Julia, a Doctor Who enthusiast. I've been wanting to get into classic Doctor Who, but there's a lot. Luckily, I have my friend Jonah. Hello, that's me. A legit Brit and Doctor Who uber nerd. That's not how you bitched it. To guide me through the basics of understanding classic Who. So, Jonah, what are we watching this time? This episode, The Daleks. Dun, dun, dun. I think there's meant to be the, the word city in there. I think it's making oh, their way through the okay. Dalek city with the disguised D in. I think that's what I missed. Um, okay. So when I read it, I just forgot to add a comma because yeah. I thought you were talking about how reminding that Ian is still in yes. the Dalek. Part four, the ambush. Making their way through the Dalek city with a disguised Ian, the TARDIS team managed to find their way to a room containing an elevator to the service. The alarm is raised by the Daleks. The crew are able to jam the door controls. Daleks begin cutting their way through into the room. The Doctor, Susan and Barbara take the lift to the surface, sending it back for Ian who was trapped momentarily in the Dalek casing. He gets out with seconds to spare as the Daleks cut through the door. Yeah, that that was a really tense moment. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't think Ian was going to get out. Yeah. And I was very worried. Yeah, again, I, I, I think I'd forgotten that that happened, but also it's it's over quite quickly. It's again, it's one of those, he, he you know, they send this, they, they leave him because he can't get out where he says, like, go on Yeah, but me. the suspense is there. From the high vantage point in the upper city, Barbara spies the approaching Thals walking into a trap. All four try banging on the window to get their attention, but it's no use. The Daleks are coming up in the lift behind them. Between them, Ian, Susan and Barbara push a heavy piece of the city's rubble down a shaft onto the coming lift, giving them extra time to escape. Down in the entrance to the city, the Thals, led by Temesis and Aladdin, arrive. They are suspicious of the Daleks, who have been hiding all this time, but Temesis says it's worth trying to make peace as their food supplies are so low. Elsewhere in the city, the Daleks lay in wait for the Thals a table of food placed in the atrium. While the others go on through the jungle, Ian once again hangs back with the hope of warning the Thals. The group led by Temesis enter the atrium where the food is laid out. 
Temesis attempts to address the unseen Daleks, but all too late, Ian arrives to warn him, and the Daleks open fire. Yeah, Ian took too long. Why did he take? Why did he wait so long? I don't know. I wonder if it was just to let Temesis have his speech. He's sort of, oh, I'll, I'll let you have your moment. And then... Maybe, but I mean. Ian could literally see the Daleks and the Thals, and he, like, watched this whole thing. It's like, Ian, you could have stopped But also, if he ran out, he would probably get, you know, he'd be be blasted, is probably the other thing. Okay, logically, I understand, but emotionally, I am annoyed with Ian. Yeah. (laughs) Ian manages to dodge out of the way, but Temesis is caught in the blast and killed instantly. Later, at the Thal camp, a female Thal, Dione, shows the Doctor records of Skaro's history going back half a million years. With Temesis gone, Aladdin is now the leader of the Thals. He can't understand the Daleks' actions towards them, as working together is surely in her joint interest. Ian suggests that maybe the Daleks fear anything unlike them, so there is no reasoning with them. He insists a show of strength is needed, but the Thals are against any form of violence. So this is the sort of moral, I suppose, of the story is one that is kind of, um, that could still be, you know, important today. Is that sort of like the idea of with something that can't be reasoned with? I don't know, it's it's an interesting moral argument about pacifism. Is that, is it better to just lay down and do nothing in the name of pacifism or if, Mm-hmm. You know, there's, I can't remember the, the philosopher's name, but there's this thing about the paradox of intolerance in that to tolerate intolerance is not is not to be tolerant because intolerance by its nature wipes out tolerance. Um, yeah, I there's think that's right. <laughs> something, uh, there's another one that kind of is a bit... Better worded? Better, yeah, <laughs> is a bit better worded where it's... Um, like when you're silent in the face of the oppressor, you are on the side of the oppressor. Yeah, and I think I think that's what it's sort of getting at here. Um, though I think I think yeah, maybe the argument of physical strength and violence is wrong. I think maybe because like again, you know, the kind of message of Doctor Who, which again sort of evolves over time, is yeah. that kind of through intelligence you can defeat people rather than having to physically, you know. Well, yeah, that's that's why they gave the doctor a screwdriver, right? Like, that's the whole thing. He has a screwdriver so he can fix things. He doesn't have a gun so he can, like, blow things up. He doesn't fix things that way. So then it's really weird when he does have a gun sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think we're sort of getting the first sort of the kind of the bits of that that stick are this sort of moral idea. Yeah, yeah. The doctor appears excited with his discoveries in the records. The original Daleks looked much like the Thals, like humanoids. The crew all decide that if the Thals are unwilling to fight back, and the Daleks won't change either, there is little they can do. They decide the time has come to leave. The only issue is the fluid link. Ian took it from the Doctor in the city, and the Daleks took it from Ian when he was searched. The component they need to work the TARDIS is still in the Dalek city. This really isn't Ian's episode, is it? Bless his little cotton socks. He's trying his best. <laughs> but I have never heard that phrase. Have you never heard bless their cotton socks? No. I have no idea where it comes from, but I enjoy it That's a lot. That's amazing. And I, say it. I love that. Yeah. Oh, 
No, it's not his episode. Um, yeah. Yeah, but at least he gets punched in the face later. So he does. Yeah, but it's karma. Yeah, it's karmic retribution. It's also, I, I think, think that's also a little bit questionable. That whole scene. Um, I probably. But Ian, you know. Ian shined a lot in the last episode, and I think he's trying to trying to ride that high. But it's not kind of. I think. Yeah. I mean, his shining, though, is losing the fluid link. Yes. Getting stuck in a Dalek and almost killed. Yeah. Um, I mean... What What was the other thing? There was one other thing that... Honestly, the serial is, like, not... Yeah. It's, it's a lot of Ian trying to be heroic yeah. and then not. Yeah. Again, he, you know, he's definitely placed to sort of lead, I think. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because, obviously, the the... the I don't know. I, it kind of gives me hope that actually, I mean, I love Ian and I think he's he's brilliant and he's great. He's, he's yeah. the best of us. And I I love the idea, which is sort of a fan theory that it kind of the Doctor becomes the hero action figure because he's inspired by Ian and then like maybe some of the other companions. That, but mainly, well, that's nice. you know, mainly I think it, I, I like the idea that Ian and Barbara, you know, it's sort of the idea that the Doctor's the character of the Doctor, we talk, you know, we talk, it could have becomes a thing in Moffat's era of the Doctor is sort of a character that this guy is just trying to live up to now, and that that kind of character mm-hmm. that he's playing is inspired by these sort of heroic humans that he meets. I quite like that. Yeah. But yeah. Anywho, part five, the expedition. Within the Dalek city, work on replicating the Thal radiation drugs is complete. In their twisted minds, they assumed the Thals will undoubtedly attack them soon, unless the Daleks attack first. The TARDIS team are in a bind. If they go back to the city for the fluid link, they will need the Thals' help, but the Thals refuse to use violence. Ian tries to chide Aladdin threatening to offer the Thal records to the Daleks in exchange for the fluid link. Aladdin is unfazed, but only when Ian suggests exchanging Dione instead, Aladdin punches Ian, realising there is something he's willing to fight for after all. In the city, a group of Daleks watch in horror as one of their own spins out of control. It seems that all the Daleks that have received the new anti-radiation drugs have been incapacitated. Their biology has become dependent on the planet's radiation in order to survive, so the inoculation is deadly to them and spreading like a disease. Their only option to stop the spread is to increase the planet's radiation by dropping another neutron bomb. They're so smart. They're so much smarter. Like, they they figure it out, like, immediately. Their aims are small, and it's sort of, they're not trying to conquer the universe, they're just trying to get outside their city which i think is actually more i don't know if there's something more tangible about that and more interesting yeah i mean they understand that they've been affected by radiation mm. and they're like well the thals are surviving and so we'll try this thing maybe we'll survive and then they start spinning circles yeah. because they can't <laughs> and then they realize oh okay we we need the radiation and it's just it is so smart they're scientists but also it's sort of like a live by the sword die by the sword thing like they live by weapons of war and now they can only survive by continuing to contaminate the planet yeah i think karma yeah i think you know i think it's a solid solid theme in this story back at the camp aladdin wrestles with his outburst questioning is it better to fight and live or die without fighting what do you think 
Oh, I don't know. I think, I mean, I went on a bit of a, my whole, my whole moral <laughs> rant earlier. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I agree. But my question is with the word fight, use smarts rather than physical yeah. force is my only yeah. amendment to that. But I, yeah, I think I agree. It's, it also yeah. goes into the only, only thing that, you know, allows evil to, to thrive is for good men to do nothing. That's the other, yeah, yeah. the other part of that. Barbara spies a distant light moving in the water. Another Thal, Gyanatus, tells of another expedition some time ago, down to the lake, in which only he and his brother survive. Something horrid and mutated has grown there, serving as a natural defence for the back of the Dalek city. The term lake and swamp is used quite interchangeably, and I'm not sure which mm-hmm. one it is. Um, so I think I do that as well, which is, so in case that, in case that happens, Lake and the Swamp are the same thing. Um, okay. Well, you have to go to Lake Michigan. So you understand that lakes no, are I, not swamps. No, I know that lakes and swamps aren't the same thing. I'm saying oh, they refer oh, to oh, a lake okay. and a swamp. They, they use the, both those terms. And I think, I think it's sort of in my head, it's sort of the size of a lake, but the consistency of a swamp. Is what I imagine. I think the idea. I think okay. the word. I think they mean lake, but when they they use the word swamp, it's to because it's disgusting and sort of thick. Yeah, I mean, I considered it more of a bog. Yeah, I think it's a large boggy lake. Or or like more of like a moor. Yeah. M o o r. Yeah. yeah. No, that's probably a good. Yeah. But it's sort of if we're in a jungle as well, the kind of swampiness of it. Yeah, I do think swamps generally are probably more in jungles. Yeah. Anyway, it's a large body of gross water. I like that we learn a lot about the geography of Skaro. Like there's the jungle mm-hmm. and there's the city and then there's this sort of swampy region to the back. Right, where there's some something Yeah, something is lives something there. else is something mutated. Li- <laughs> With the Daleks, the disease has grown. All Daleks in Sector 3 have been lost. Time is running out. They now abandon their plan to live outside the city. We do not need to adapt to the environment. We will adapt the environment to us. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. I don't remember if it's at this point uh, that the Daleks say something about they have like two and a half days left. Yeah. What What does that mean? What do they have two and a half days um, left to I do? I think it's until, I think the idea is that the inoculation is sort of now spreading between Daleks. So... Oh, okay. so it's actually which you know it's sort of i mean fair enough if if they're dying out they need to act quickly yeah um so it was just one of those things where like they kept saying two and a half days yeah and i think i had missed probably the sentence yeah. that explained that yeah. and so i was like what is this timeline so i don't understand the, the thals inoculation they've used is now spreading like a disease within the Daleks. yes yeah mm-hmm how does it do that? They're basically in their own containers. Yeah, there is. Um, th- so th- this is going to be um, my. Actually, I had two. My my big finish recommendations um, for the episode is. Oh well, you can wait until the yeah. end if you well, want. Well, I'll do this one now because this one is sort of one that it doesn't quite fit. It might fit for a later episode a bit more, but it's um the mutant phase, which is quite an early one. I got it free with a magazine when I was little. And I think it's what kickstarted my obsession with Big Finish, um, the oh. mutant phase. And it's sort of it basically the plot is that a mutation has is, is grown amongst the Daleks um, that's sort of causing them to change 
into something else and they recruit the doctor to help them and it sort of all involves involves a time loop where they accidentally set off this they infect themselves with this thing and then the, and the plot point of how the dalek mutation spreads in that story is that new daleks are created from old daleks so daleks sort of breed in um asexually in that genetic material is extracted from daleks routinely when they're being ma- like maintained like maintenance mm-hmm. and then used to create new daleks um so that's that's one explanation how it would work in this scenario so quickly um i don't know but okay. anywho all right it's a really good episode i don't know i don't think i'd sold it enough the the, the it, yeah it has mark <laughs> gatis in it again as playing it oh well there playing you go Athal called gamatus um funnily enough but not i don't think it's meant to be the same guy. not the same i don't one, think right? it is i think it's sort of I, I might be wrong i think the idea is it's just sort of a foul name oh yeah okay um aladdin has made his decision they're going to help the travelers fight the daleks his reason being inaction is only choosing defeat a group of volunteers is selected including ganatus who has come to the realization that their strategy may be to approach the Dalek city from the lake, unguarded by the Daleks due to the creature acting as the deterrent. The doctor suggests two groups, one to distract from the front while a second party approaches from the lake. The Daleks on their laser scope watch from the city as the group divides, unsure of their plan. Ganatus and his brother Antidus lead a party of Ian and Barbara over the mountains arriving at the end of the first day of travel by the edge of the lake. They had to walk through part of the lake to get there. It was so gross. Yeah. Also, it's it's like a, it becomes a quest. They like, they trek over the mountain. It's, like, it's instantly it's like, they do. it's, like, oh, it's going to take us a few days. You're like, days? Wow. They really like travel quickly. Yeah. Well, I think it's sort of. Over it's, mountains, it's, through the bog. I think there's like, probably a lot of it that gets cut out. I would say. I imagine there's a lot of... Well, yeah, probably. It gets, like, really boring just watching people walking all the time. (laughs) The group settles down making camp when something begins to rise from the swampy water. A blood-curdling scream goes up from nearby. A scream. A scream happens. Someone screams. Yeah, it's always a great word. And it's not a woman. Exactly. It's a big, manly thal. Give me, like... Two seconds and I'll find that Thal's name. Um, that Thal was called... Um, oh, how do I pronounce this? Elion, I think, is that Thal's name. He's only in my notes because he dies. Yes. The Thals all have names, but his only like significant point in the story is a lot of them is they die. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's, a, it's always a good way to... Monster rises from the swamp. Guy screams, end episodes, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it had glowy eyes on it. Mm. It looked kind of a bit like a giant frog. Yeah. Whatever was rising. That's what I saw. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. How are you feeling at this point in the in the in the saga? We've got two episodes left. Um, I like that we changed scenery. Mm. I like that we now have three groups instead of two. Yeah. Um, so the Daleks are still trying to figure their, their stuff out. And then, um, Ian and Barbara are going on an adventure, but like Ian and Barbara, they're not like 
fighting with each other, but there isn't a lot of chemistry happening between no. them. What well, something I wanted to bring up is I think Barbara is definitely having some chemistry with Ganatus. Um, yeah, they are. It's adorable. It is so great. They are really like solidly flirting to the point where like. I, I mean, in the last episode as well, they have a sort of like a farewell. They do. It's so cute. We really see it in this next one, though. Yeah. Like, I was semi-picking up on it in the fifth episode, but the sixth one is definitely where it's at because Ian and Barbara split up and now Barbara is with Ganatus yeah. and they're they're exploring and Ian's exploring with with Antidus. An- Ana- Antidus, Ana- I think ha- this is. Yeah, Antidus. Ganatus' brother. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's so funny. And there's interesting stuff like Barbara is wearing pants Yeah, in this next one, which like no one remarks on, but she's been wearing a skirt. She's been running through cavemen, all of this Dalek shit, and finally she got some pants, and yeah. I'm so excited for her. But they're Thal's pants. Are and they? you. They are because they have the circles missing on the sides. So I was really surprised when you didn't have that in your notes. I didn't realize. I'm going to have to look back at that because I as well, the Thal trousers are quite revealing. They've got like, yeah, they're like sort of almost chaps in. Right. But they're not assless. They're just like basically sideless Yeah, because they they have like cut out circles all down it from the top of the hip all the way down. And Barbara is wearing a pair of them. I was like. Oh my God! Did Ganatus give her his extra pair <laughs> of pants? pants that he walks around with? Yeah. Uh, Would so? Yeah. Do you do you ship Barbara and Ganatus? I do. Yeah. I you know Barbara should get some. Yeah. I mean, good for her. She is a single woman, and Ian is clearly not making a move, and he's making some really odd choices in this serial. So I can yeah. see why she would be attracted to someone maybe behaving a bit smarter yeah yeah and also i th- I think out of all the fells i think he comes at you quickly but i think ganatus is by f- by far like the kind of most most sort of suave i think oh 100 percent. he's got yeah. a level head on his shoulders and he's very nice yeah and brave and you know i mean Alad- so brave aladon's great but um but also he's got a he, him and dione he's got sort a of, weird thing yeah going well on. it's it's sort of fine because basically the the idea is oh she's in love with him right um but he's got responsibilities but also this is more this is more a, a slight on um a temesis who's dead at this point so it's fine um but he he doesn't make a whole thing of oh she was only young when we started setting off like oh she's very young she's very like, oh come on anyway i wrote <laughs> that in my notes because that that bothered you did me. that bothered me well yeah it is bothersome i mean it's one thing Ugh. okay follow follow me on this, this yeah, yeah okay let me just put my shoes it on. is <laughs> very um elizabeth swan and norrington of them to do that yes because elizabeth first of all she did not have a crush on captain norrington when she was like 11 yeah but then he ends up like being absolutely infatuated with her by the time she turns 18 to the point where he wants to marry her i'm just like i don't quite understand you saw her when she was like 10 yeah this is a weird yeah like i don't it's it's and he was a full grown adult at that point. So it's just one of those things where like Dione and Aladon just 
it is gross. It's weird. For me, it's not necessarily Aladon that's making it gross. He's not. But uh, yeah, I do think it's weird. I don't know. It's sort of, I feel like... There, it's very grooming. There are two versions of that. There's the one where like they meet again after a long period of time and they're different people, mm-hmm. which I'm sort of fine with. But watching someone grow up is sort of like, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah, watching them grow up through all of their awkward phases, yeah. even though like you've already gone through those awkward phases. It's one thing if you grow up together. It's another if you're like watching them. There's a power thing involved in that. But this beside the point. Let's go back. Let's go back to Barbara and Ganatus. Gan- yeah, Barbara and Ganatus. Fine. Great. They're Actively adorable. encouraging this. I love it. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> anyway, uh, episode six, The Ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is great. You mean, oh, The Ordeal or <sighs> The Ordeal. Anyway, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a really low-hanging joke about how many episodes this is and one being called The Ordeal and at what point it's too many. But I do, I do, you know what, do you know what? The plot is fine. I'm enjoying myself, actually. I'm watching it. By the time we hit The Ordeal, though, I liked it. Yeah. The Ordeal wasn't The Ordeal exactly. of this serial. Again, you've got to remember, I think the mistake that I made a lot when I was younger is I binge-watched these. I'd watch a serial um, all in one yeah. go like it was an episode and that's not, it's not the way to do it. This time round, I'm doing. I'm same same as you. As I'm, I'm watching maybe one like or two. Like one at a time. Yeah, and I'm having a lot more fun with it. It just ta- yeah. it takes longer, but it's it, you know it's they're meant to be enjoyed episode by episode, and I yeah. think it's the right way to do it. Um, cool. Part six, the ordeal. By the time the others arrive, it's too late. Elion, one of the young Thal members of the party, has been dragged below the waters of the lake. Ganatus and his brother, as well as Ian and Barbara, watch on in silent horror. There is nothing that can be done. Back across the mountains, Susan watches through a pair of field glasses. She is observing the layout of the city and relays what she sees to the Doctor, Aladdin, and Dione. They are gathering as much information as they can before the attack. In the Dalek control room, plans are being drawn up for their neutronic bomb. Their computer estimates the time to build it will be 23 days. But the Daleks are impatient. There must be another way to spread the radiation they need. Entering the cave system that holds the Dalek pipeline from the lake, Ganatus and Barbara make their way along a narrow ridge. They're holding hands. Yeah. They hold hands as they're doing that too. She's wearing his pants. Yeah. She's holding his hand. Oh, Barbara, you should stay with the Thals. I do. I think she'd 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 have a great time. I mean, I think she would too. She would introduce some different hair colors. Yes. Definitely. Potentially what we know about the future of the Daleks, maybe not great of what might happen. Mm. But, you know, that could be hundreds of years hey, in the future. live fast, die young. Exactly. Barbara's keen hearing picks up the sound of water and leads them down a passage through the caves, which Ganatis volunteers to climb inside. Lowered down on a rope, he arrives in a large underground cave with entrances leading off. Again, I, I I was starting to write the whole thing about him falling and it's like, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's too much, too short a plot point to... Anyway. Fair, but he does fall. He does fall. Um, yeah. And it's... It's unfortunate. Yeah, but he's fine. Instantly. But then everyone goes down there anyway, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. I think, yeah, with my sort of edits, the plot points I keep are the ones that sort of have lasting implications, mm-hmm. whereas not all of them do. Um, which doesn't mean they're bad, it's just for yeah. time. Up on the mountains, at the doctor's instructions, 
The other Thals are using large metal panels to reflect sunlight at the Dalek city, thus confusing their means of surveillance. The Doctor, Susan and Aladdin use this cover to sneak back into the city without the Daleks being aware. In the caves below, Ganatus and Barbara have been joined by Ian and the two remaining Thals. Antidus confronts his brother, begging for them to turn back. He fears that even if they are to survive the journey, the Daleks will kill them anyway. It's during this argument that a rockfall occurs, injuring Antidus and blocking their way back to the lake. The only remaining path is forward. The three in the city have found their way to the Daleks' static electricity control box. Aladdin splits off to signal the other Thals of their success. The Doctor asks Susan for the TARDIS key. His idea is to use the key as a conductor and short-circuit the box. His plan seems to work, but the noise of the box exploding draws some nearby Daleks. I am convinced that these are some antics that got them kicked off of Gallifrey. Yeah. Yeah. Like, these are the sort of things. Because uh, they didn't just use the key. The doctor took his cane and smashed some glass of the box. Like, he definitely messed everything up and then was like, I'm going to use this key and make it even worse. Um, th- these antics. And then Susan's just like, okay, great. Let's do it. Yeah. And also, it's I like that he's like, he's doing some very practical science of making a circuit with the metal of the key again. It's yeah. Quite, it's, yeah. It's fun with science, kids. The team in the cave arrive at a chasm, splitting their path ahead. Without enough rope to lower themselves down, the only option is to jump across. The fall is certainly lethal. Ian ties a rope around himself and braves it first. Yeah, of course he does. Yeah. Barbara's interested in someone else. He has to step up his game. Yeah. <laughs> he jumps, just managing to make it to the ledge on the other side. Next is Ganatus, the muscular thal making the jump with ease. Sorry, Ian. (laughs) It wasn't that hard. (laughs) Taken to the control room, the Doctor and Susan sit on the floor, surrounded by Daleks. Their actions have crippled the Daleks' radioscope, though they don't seem concerned. The time travellers are alarmed to discover that the Daleks plan to overload their own reactors and drench the planet in radiation. Far below, Barbara has made the jump across the chasm. And Ian did a great handsy job catching her. Uh, yeah. S- mm-hmm. Sometimes you've got to embrace someone for safety reasons. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Okay. Don't use this in any court appearance of mine. <laughs> Only the last two thals are left. Ian once again ties the rope around himself as an anchor. The first thal, Christas, manages to make the jump. And then it's Antidus's turn. The others move off the small ledge into the next cave create more room and Ian throws back the rope. Something is wrong though. Ganatus's brother is overcome with fear staring into the darkness. His jump is short, not quite making it to the other side. He tumbles into the abyss, the rope around him still attached to Ian, dragging the school teacher to the edge where he clings onto the rocks for dear life. Okay, the only reason I point out that Ian was very handsy with Barbara is because he had ample room to catch the other guy well i i and he did it i i think the way we're supposed to read this is this is anatus has fumbled the jump more i mean i know but ian caught barbara yeah yeah he did he did anyway 
I'm not going to blame it on Ian, (laughs) even though. (laughs) He's trying his best. He's trying his best throughout this episode. He's trying so hard. (laughs) And he fails to catch this guy. Yeah. He tumbles into the abyss. Yeah, he does. What a cliffhanger. Literally a cliffhanger. Literally. Literally a cliffhanger. cliffhanger. (laughs) I think, to be honest, this is great. This is one of my favorite cliffhangers, I think, so far. I mean, yeah, this is is why I liked this episode, because weird shit like this happened, and it had a cliffhanger. Like, they don't really end that many episodes on cliffhangers Well, they they try. They try. they try, but they they don't really get there as not, much as they not did as many of them here. have the tension of literally being pulled into a rocky chasm by right, by, exactly. by another person. And to be fair, I mean, in my personal notes on my phone, I did think Antidus was going to mess up his jump. Yeah, like I I just think it's funnier to blame Ian for that sort of thing. Yeah, it was definitely all in Antidus's head. Yeah, like he was he decided to die when he came yeah. on this mission but also he's like he had a head injury just from a rock fall recently actually okay i had a a different question because it seems like when he got hit with a rock that it wasn't an accident oh like i don't know what it was that i was seeing but it seemed to me like the rock fall was like his brother's doing and then his brother's like oh it's just a rock fall and oh. like lied about it so that that was what i got from that and oh. i was like why are, why are you lying about that oh. and then it was never touched on again and so i was like this is weird i didn't read it like that but that doesn't mean that it's wrong uh, yeah i don't know well if you go back and if you go back and watch this episode for barbara's pants anyway yeah Look at yeah. that. Also, I apologize. I realize that you call pants underwear. No, no, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I know that you know. What yeah, I yeah, mean. no. For, for the pa- listening, pants and trousers. Yes, are the same thing. Yes, pantaloons. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm not just talking about Barbara's underwear. Yeah, no, she, yeah, she's wearing um, leather underwear throughout this episode. <laughs> That would be racy for the 60s. That'd be racy for that now. That would be really racy. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. We've made it. We got this far. We have made it. Episode seven, The Rescue. Part seven, The Rescue. Dragged to the edge with Antidus swinging on the end of the rope, Ian is about to let go when Ganatus catches hold of him. So strong. What muscles? Ian should feel the butterflies Barbara feels in that moment. I mean, we haven't considered that a throuple. That would be cute. Yeah. I could see that for them. Yeah. Actually, I couldn't. I don't think Ian could No, and he, he does not scream throuple, throuple vibes. No. But Mm-mm. yeah, but it's nice to be held under any circumstance. Yeah. Anyway, back to the peril. Um, Antidus tries to get a grip on the rock surface below, but it's too smooth. He takes out a knife and cuts himself free. Ganatus watches as his brother tumbles out of sight. Bye. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's you know, sad. it's sad. It's very chivalrous of him. He, has, he sacrifices himself for Ian. But again, he went on this journey expecting to die. Yeah, so he's like, well, I guess now's my time. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> Shakily, Ian pulls himself back up and the two men sit together in silence. 
With the Daleks, the Doctor and Susan are chained to the wall, helplessly watching as the mad creatures enact their plan. In the caves, I don't know why, that's just because I need a beat between time. Yeah, between death. <laughs> yeah. In the caves, their lights are running low on power. Christas has been exploring ahead and reports that the way is also blocked by Rockfall. Unsure what to do, the team turn off the. <coughs> Unsure what to do, the team. <laughs> hey, you, this took a turn. You're trapped in a cave with no hope of watching. a tank from water. Yeah, I mean, if there's no hope of getting out, yeah, might as well get it on. Ex- exactly, and you're already wearing the chaps. Um, <laughs> uh, All right, <laughs> this may be. Back to what actually happened. Oh, the other didn't f- in this children's program I, from the 60s? Okay. None of this is going I think it's supposed in. to be implied. <laughs> uh, <coughs> um, to ensure of what to do, the team turns off their lights to conserve battery. The four of them sit alone in the darkness of the cave. Except, with the lights off, they can see what they couldn't before. Another faint source of light coming from above. The others lifting Ian up, he is able to peer through a gap in the rocks. On the other side is a chamber containing the Dalek water treatment plant. They're through. Aladdin and the other Thals watch on from the edge of the jungle. They have seen the Dalek radio antenna go still, suggesting the Doctor was successful. If there was ever a time to attack, it would be now. Desperate to distract the Daleks from their plan, the Doctor tries to grab their attention, describing their means of arriving on the planet. He has a machine capable of travelling through space and time, something the Daleks think impossible. The Doctor goes on to explain that part of the ship, the fluid link, was left in the city. The Daleks had found it. He asks them to inspect it as part of a vast and complicated machine. The Doctor offers to explain the secrets to the Daleks in exchange for their freedom. At this point, Another Dalek detects movement in the city. The arrival of the Thals. I think this is a, this again, this is a, one of the things that is a moment in the story, which retrospectively, Mm -hmm. I think it's sort of a quick moment in the script, but I think looking back, you can sort of point to it. Like there is a, there's sort of a kind of theory or story point that the Daleks would never have, you know, the Daleks interest in space travel and then later time travel mm-hmm. could be traced at this point. Like they might have just yeah. been a bunch. Yeah, they I might could... have just stayed in their city trapped forever. But this kind of moment of the doctor sort of explaining the worlds beyond their world. It makes sense. Yeah. It it definitely like, yeah, I would point back to this. Be like the doctor literally told them. Yeah. he's, Which is why they're obsessed with him. Yeah. And his time machine. Yeah. And I, yeah, again, I, re- I do, I really like that sort of, it's sort of a kind of, you know, implied thing. Mm-hmm. It sort of adds a lot of weight to all the kind of death and destruction that the Daleks go on to do. The Doctor right. feels responsible. The feels very responsible for it yeah. because he literally is the one that told them how to do it. Yeah. Or at least set the spark off or, in them. Yeah, yeah. Told them that they could do it. Yeah. And the Daleks are scientists. Yeah. They're smarties. Yeah. Yeah. And also if they've had this fluid link which is part a tiny part of the TARDIS, they could look at that and maybe, you know, they've got, mm-hmm. they've, they have, uh, they've, they've seen technology from other worlds, from other civilizations. And mm-hmm. from that they could extrapolate. So yeah, I think there's, it's a very quick moment in the episode, but I think it's, it's 
it it takes on some weight. Yes, it yeah. does. The, offer, the doctor offers to explain the secrets of the Talis to the Daleks in exchange for their freedom. Not sure how truthful he's being. Mm, knowing this particular doctor, I'm going to say maybe like 17%. Yeah, it has the same vibes of, oh, we'll go fetch a policeman. I'll just wait here by my time machine. Um, yeah. The same time, the remaining four from the cave party have broken their way into the lower part of the city. They meet up with Aladdin on the other thals. If there's one gripe I have with this, with the yes. story, is that they Do tell. is that they go on this long quest round the back yeah. of the city through the caves and up into the city, and then immediately someone dies. Someone, yeah, multiple people die, and then they immediately meet the other guys coming the other way. Yes, and it's sort of like, so what was the point of that? Like, what was the point of them going on their quest? The point was Barbara and Ganatus wanted some alone time. But they needed to convince other people to come along so it didn't look suspicious. Yeah. I just wonder if there could have been a I, I part of me, I, again, in my memory, I couldn't quite remember. And I thought that maybe they had something to do with like opening the city up to let them in, which I feel like would have been a really quick, easy fix to have that make sense. It, bug, mm-hmm. it bugs me. It doesn't it doesn't detract from the story as a whole, but it is just it it bugs me. Um, right. Yeah, they did go through quite an ordeal. Yeah. And it sort of feels like, oh, and then they just met them instantly. <laughs> they can, they can <laughs> yeah. just come with them. Um, but yeah, anywho, anywho. <laughs> Using the other Thals as a distraction, the party sneaks into the Dalek control room, just in time to catch the final stages of the countdown. Freeing the Doctor and Susan, the group manages to overwhelm the Daleks at the controls, cutting off power to the city completely. Daleks all over are beginning to be drained of power, their connection to the floors cut off. As they are immobilised, they beg the Doctor to help them, to repair the power source. The Doctor sadly responds that he wouldn't, even if he knew how. The Daleks cry after that. Yeah. They have a cry, and it made me actually really sad. Yeah. Again, something that I think gets lost is that the Daleks really have sort of like they didn't want to die yeah but also they kind of become homogenized where even though they're sort of uniform but they have characterization in this and you know and and they have little personalities and again the dalek that we see infected with the disease going mad and sort of spinning around i feel like there's a lot of character in in this episode kind of got that a bit with like with like rusty and the cult of scar but i I don't know I, i feel like again the daleks is a big homogenous force I don't care about a million million Daleks filling the sky. Give me one, you know, one Dalek in a bunker. You know, mm-hmm, g- mm-hmm. G- yeah, yeah. I think that's more interesting, and I, I, yeah, and I think it works great here in this first episode. Yeah, I, I felt very sad for them. Yeah, and it's a somber moment as well. It is, but now, but now, the battle is over. Susan remarks that the Thals can use the Dalek technology to create food for themselves. Ganatus still wishes there could have been another way. Together, they all leave the city, quiet and still without power. The battle over. And Which didn't have as many explosions as I thought it was going to have. Yes, and and I I think budgetary wise, <laughs> I think yeah, they don't really want to like blow stuff up. Yeah, I mean that beca- because then I have to make multiples. It becomes a thing of blowing up Daleks. Daleks get blown up a lot, but I think 
if you just remember back to um, the uh, Adventure in Space and Time, how easily the sprinklers go off in this studio. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. pyrotechnics, you've got to be, I, I, you know. Yeah, you can't do that yeah. until you have better sprinklers, I guess. Yeah, potentially. Back at the Thal camp, the Doctor is showing the Thals how the technology scavenged from the Dalek city can be used to rebuild their world. Aladdin begs the Doctor to stay as their advisor, but the old man says that they must follow their truth, but that his truth is among the stars. He does remark, however, that he might come back and visit their ancestors to see how they get on. And does he? Does do? Did we talk about this in the beginning, or did we talk about this before we started recording? Um, I think we talked about it near the beginning. Yes. Well, um, I don't know how intentionally it is, but the Doctor does eventually meet, Yay. return to the Thals. Um, okay. Though I'm not actually quite sure what their what their eventual fate is, like yeah. overall. Um, there's probably okay, some extended okay. media stuff because they haven't appeared yeah. in New Who yet at all. They haven't. No, and I yeah I think I I'm kind of I'm kind of missing them. I kind of want them to to pop up. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, the fluid link finally replenished with mercury. The TARDIS force say their goodbyes. Ganatus gives Barbara a section of thal material and a kiss on the hand. They were romancing yeah. the whole yeah. time, in case anyone yeah. was curious. They're like, we're picking up on something. This confirms it. Yeah. This is also going to be a thing, like, going forward, is, like, companions have, like, like one time, a lot of one-time love interests. Well, yeah. It does happen a like, bit in they, New Who. They do that in New Who. Yeah. With like, um, Martha and William Shakespeare. Oh, I was, yes, same series. But, oh, yeah, the, the, she, there's that random guy she shares an escape pod with in 42 oh, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which she snogs, I think. Um, um, yeah. Who who else? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But it does happen to companions. Yeah. I feel like frequently enough to where it's not a surprise, but this is like the first time yeah. that it's happened. Yeah. And this is a family show. <laughs> kind of a- I'm just very excited that she got a little kiss. Yeah. Even if it was just on the hand. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It still counts. She could smell him on that cloth. <laughs> Athal's watch as the TARDIS dematerializes from the petrified forest. Inside, the group stand around the console, watching the ship in motion. There is a loud bang and flash from the console, and all four are flung to the ground. The lights in the TARDIS flicker and go out. Something is wrong with the ship. Oh no! Oh no! What a cliffhanger. That's a great cliffhanger. To be honest, the episode ones. So we have the, 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 the radiation thing last time and now the TARDIS is yeah. full on conked out yeah 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 mm-hmm. so yes that's the Daleks the first bit of the Daleks it's the Daleks we made it through one of the, we did one it of the that was a long series. one yes um, I think there's a couple more seven parters coming up but oh, they, I think four okay. is sort of the standard but yeah oh good okay well I am excited for when we get to the standard four mm. although seven then there lot. will be ten parters eventually oh lord oh no it's a lot that's okay i'm still gonna watch it yeah that's a long way off um the next the next one is is just two two episodes so oh yeah so that episode's gonna be like way shorter than these first two yeah yeah any any closing remarks and thoughts on on the the daleks yeah um 
Watching the Daleks, really, it did make me appreciate them a lot more. Uh, I still, like, I do really enjoy that they're much smarter. And it makes me kind of sad that they're not, like, that, quite that intelligent. They're not at the same level in New Who episodes. I think something is lost in making the Daleks so omnipotent. So bent on, like they're they're conquering the world yeah so and so omnipresent like they just i think it's again a thing of repeating they just the the fact that they just keep coming back yeah i think i don't know i think that i think using them sparingly and having a consistent story going on which we sort of got a little bit with rusty davis i think is is the best way the best way to deal with them i think is um, Mm -hmm. yeah we didn't really touch on Terry Nation as well, who's the creator of the Daleks, the guy yes. who wrote um, the, these seven episodes with the help of David Whittaker, the script editor, who um, mm-hmm. who I think helped with some of the dialogue and stuff. Um, but he's he the the man is a like ideas machine, so he he writes a lot of the when they when the Daleks start coming back, they. Um, they do, they do bring him back to and he writes a lot of the kind of big Dalek oh, stories that. in the next well he writes so he writes um uh, some of the the big Dalek series coming up but after a point he starts so because obviously the Dalek movies happen and they're very right yes. they're very Dalek based so he's <laughs> and he um does try and create a spin-off with the Daleks so the Dalek the the idea is the Daleks would sort of be phased out a little bit in Doctor Who, and they'd have their own. And he, I think he tries to pitch it to American TV, and he and he builds this whole sort of universe around the Daleks. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff comes into Doctor Who later, like the space security service and the and the whole kind of world that the Daleks mm-hmm. exist in. So the Daleks are sort of sort of around the fortieth century. A lot of the Daleks have happens, and um. Yeah, and there's like an android called Mark Seven, who is like this, and yeah, and is sort of Dalek hunter kind of guy and space security agent. Um, yeah, and honestly, the pictures sound really exciting, but um, but they didn't, they never really went anywhere. But the Daleks yeah. do kind of take off in sort of like comic book form and like serials in like the Radio Times magazine and stuff. I could see that yeah. though. I feel like they they do lend themselves to that sort of story. Yeah, and. I mean, at the time of recording, there's sort of rumours that there might be um, some sort of like monster-focused, monster-focused oh. spin-offs with the new okay. series that's coming coming up. So that would be oh, interesting to see. But okay. it, but that but my kind of point with my kind of point with this is taking me onto my big finish recommendation properly uh, yes. for this episode, which is um, uh, which is the Dalek Universe series that actually is quite recently came out with Big Finish. Um, so it's, it's it's with Dave Tennant of ten, as the tenth Doctor. The plot is that um, he's he the um, he is plucked from his point in time to a pre Time War era, where so back into like classic classic yep, yep. universe, and he um, and it's not just the Daleks. There are Daleks in it, as the name suggests, but it's basically um, it's a three box set series basically about the length of a standard new who series for his time um mm-hmm. but it's basically exploring the worlds and creatures created by terry nation 
so it's so obviously there are Daleks, but there's also as I said, like space security service, but also mechanoids, which will come up later, and uh, Mavellans, and all these. So it's everything. It's a kind of a, a love letter to everything Terry Nation and everything he created in this very corner of the Doctor Who universe, and it's and it's it's a great romp. So that's my recommendation. I love that. Yeah. Thanks for the recommendation. That's all right. Quick question, though. Yeah. Because this was such a long one, and it's the first time the Daleks showed up. Mm. What were you most excited for me to watch in this serial? Ooh. I don't know. I think I think I was interested in you seeing how different the Daleks sort of were and sort of the things like, again, like the Thals and, and all the kind of lore around Skara, yeah. which is such a big thing with the, you know, when the Daleks first appear and just sort of goes away. And I, I yeah, I'm, I kind of, I feel like. Well, I, yeah, I mean, that's kind of this <laughs> learning the backstory of things is really how I think this whole things started this whole project started is because you know a lot of background about things yeah. and i want to learn about it yeah so i feel like that's probably why this was yeah going to be a good serial yeah yeah and also it's just it's, it's a it's a well it's a well-written one which it is it is i just meant like a good serial for me yes, specifically yeah yeah but it holds up it's long it's this is the sort of make or break thing if you if you're kind of like starting to try and watch the classic who is it's the first. I don't know. I think those cavemen serial. are kind of make or break. If you can't yeah. make it through the cavemen, yeah. But I think. But I think in, 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 in terms of a big long old serial, yeah. I, I mean, it's a good. It's a good one to get you started with because it does. It it does go. It does go at a pace and it is interesting and it's well written. Um. Mm-hmm. So. And it has a lot of different adventure elements. Yeah. I, again, I think don't do what I did when I first watched all this. <laughs> I think watch, you know, take your time and watch, watch an episode yeah. at a time. Um, and do what, do what Julia does. You, you what? Yeah. I, so I, I watch it in the mornings with coffee cause they're only like 20 minute episodes. Yeah. So instead of laying in bed and looking at my phone for 20 minutes, I'll make coffee and watch an episode of Dr. Who. Yeah. I think that sounds great. A great way to start the day. It is a pretty solid yeah. day to start the day. Yeah. Next time on You Know Who. The, the the doctor's look for this episode is his regular look, but with a bandage wrapped around his head. Mm-hmm. And the idea, but it's the, a space bandage. It's a space bandage. Thanks for listening to You Know Who. If you want to see more from me and Jonah, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at You Know Who Podcast. And if you want to support the podcast, tell your friends and family. Give us a rating if your podcast app does that. And if you want to hear your name at the end of each episode, become a producer at patreon.com backslash you know who podcast. Speaking of which, special thanks to our producer, Kathy Blasher. 